just been relocated. Take it away. Just take this breath away. <laughs> okay. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is the final Donation Drive episode, which I'm pretty excited about. Ooh. Um, it, oh, my God. My cat keeps trying to get in, but I won't let him in this time. Meow. The cat has claws, which it's using to get inside the door. Woof. Anyway, <laughs> um, Patrick Hamilton, who is a longtime friend of the show, he was on our Halloween 2 episode, and he's the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast. Um, which I actually featured on recently, talking about Friday Thirteenth Part Five. Um, he donated to the ACLU. Thank so, you, Pat. Yeah, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Can I call him Pat? I don't know. I assume that most people named Patrick prefer not to be called Pat. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. We'd have to ask him. But um, he requested that we review Galaxy of Terror, the 1981 Roger Corman-produced alien ripoff, <laughs> and we did watch it. And it's time to review it. But first, here's the plot from the back of the Blu-ray that he lent me because <laughs> it's not really available anywhere online. The mind's innermost fears become reality for the crew members of the quest when they land on the barren planet Morganthus hoping to find the missing crew members of the starship Remus only to discover something deadly waiting for them. Each member of the rescuing team must come face to face with their darkest fears or perish. Bum bum bum. Um, but before we review it, I gotta say there's a lot of burgeoning talent behind the scenes, which is why a lot of people watch this movie because the sets were decorated by James Cameron before he became a director. Mm-hmm. I think he tried to do Piranha Two at the same time or slightly before this, but that wasn't really working. Um, and obviously it features early roles from Robert Englund and Sid Haig, who are two kind of popular horror actors. Wasn't like Robert Englund already Freddy by this point? No, Freddy was three years later. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. That happened in, um, this was 81 and Freddy was 84. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, but also there is a production assistant getting his first job on this movie. And that was David Dakota, who directed Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama a mere five movie years later. That we saw and we cried for. Yeah. We watched it last week. Sit up. So you're like awake because you awake. were already falling asleep. Sit I'm up. awake. Come on. I'm very awake. Okay. If you insist. Um, it's only the best for Patrick. Okay, fine. I'm adjusting myself. That sounds gross. Okay, as always, we review movies Just based... sit up. I know. Well, Sergio likes to do the podcast lying on his side like Burt Reynolds, <laughs> but... Um, bringing it back to the bearskin rug. Yeah. Um, as always, we rate movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. And let's start with scariness. How many screams out of five do you give this movie? I gave it one. What? You mean you weren't scared by... I can't even list a scary thing. Like I'm not sure. I was more scared by the appearance of one of the actors than I was by anything that went on in this movie. What actor was it? The the captain lady with the uh, powdered sugar in her hair to make her look old. Kind of frightening, just by how like severe she kind of looked. Uh She always looked very stern, and it reminded me of you know the Catholic school nuns. But um, I was more afraid of. I don't know the master, I guess, or the original master. The guy with the red glowing face. Yeah. Um, not like without the red glowiness. Oh, you're scared we... of the cook. Yeah. Who's, oh, spoiler alert. 
is also the master. But not that that spoils anything because I watched the entire movie and I don't know what that means. Yeah. So to me, he looked like Jeff Sessions and I thought that was creepy. That is pretty scary. So that's my that's where that one scream came from was the fact that the actor looked like a politician of today. Great. Maybe he's his dad. Possibly. Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions Sr. <laughs> the cook, a.k.a. the master, with the red glow on his face because of the powers of the kid pyramid with fear or something? I don't know. What did you give it? I gave it one out of five screams. Um, as much as this movie is about people facing their fears, which mm. is not clear until the end, um, this movie did not make me face any of my own fears unless my fear was of movies with great kills but you have to suffer through really boring patches to get to them which mm-hmm. is a fear of mine i'll give it like good points for the kills the kills are great oh yeah well we'll get to that but what i'm, I'm like what are these people's fears like one of them is afraid of giant maggots i guess which is fine one of them is afraid that of, would be shannon yeah that would be shannon that would be her fear she wouldn't be able to watch this movie um also i mean also like there there is a rape scene with a giant maggot i don't know kind if it of. raped her I it, think that's kind of implied. It's like, like she, it's like gooshing her, and she's naked. Mm-hmm. She certainly, I don't know. It gave off some weird noises when she was being smothered by that worm. Yeah, it's it's uh, horror movies like to have very orgasmic deaths sometimes, and it's not it's not okay. Mm. Um, this I, this is the scene that I think most fans of this movie kind of are like. Let's just move past that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I love the original Evil Dead, but there's a scene where a tree rapes a girl, and that's n- not a good scene, but the rest of the movie's so good. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to be like, it was the 80s. Mm-hmm. Let's just turn the page real quick. Like, no one has to look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she's afraid of rapists or worms, both of which are valid fears. Mm-hmm. One, guy's, one of them's afraid of, like, tight spaces, so, like, she gets killed by in a tight space. Um, I guess one guy is afraid of his own arm throwing a shuriken into his chest. Um, that was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, um, great scene, very particular fear, but it really works for me. <laughs> anyway, um, what's your campiness score before we get to the deaths even more? I gave it three. Out of five perms? Out of five perms. Uh, what appealed to you about this movie? You, that's a pretty high score from you. Um, I like the kills. The kills were uh, great. The kills were over the top. Um... There was the rape worm. Uh, <laughs> just, just shush, 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 like push it with the broom under mm-hmm. the rug. Um, the one that you last mentioned, the guy who gets who cuts off his own arm. We forget that he cuts off his own arm. Well, cause like his, cause it's like infected or something. There's a worm in it. No, this or, is this like, is Sid Haig, um, who he's, he works with Rob Zombie a lot now. Mm-hmm. Like he's like a horror guy. Um, he. Has these like glass shurikens that he just throws at people. He's like a James Bond henchman, mm-hmm. and w- like a shard of one of his goes into his arm and starts like traveling down his veins, mm-hmm. and he like slaps his arm and it falls off. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, I thought he cut it off. Maybe he did. It looked like he slapped it and it fell. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not really clear on anything that happened in this movie. <laughs> too dreamlike, man. It's too. I know. Too it's- surreal. It was dream logic, Lucio Fulci phantasm stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, he cuts off his arm. His arm falls off, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you see the arm, like, slowly start moving. And I'm like, okay, well, that's new. I don't think I've ever seen, a like, a limb to a body move after, like, presumably it's a human person who cuts it off. Yes. And then it, like, gets one of his stars that he likes throwing at people uh-huh. and just throws it at him, and that's how he dies. Uh-huh. 
Oh, and um, Robert Englund is apparently afraid of himself because he has to fight himself in a weird goop cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was the exploding woman. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Game of Thrones there were some kind of like weird vine, I guess, that just closed in on her. Yeah, like it was like or an alien. It was a lot of tentacly type stuff. Like I'm sure some people are like watching clips of this on YouTube and rubbing themselves inappropriately. But um, anyway, my I just thought when for... I said that I'm adjusting myself is an inappropriate comment. Well, I intentionally made an inappropriate. Never mind. Um, that's not an excuse. Um, my campaign score is also three out of five perms. Um, let me just tell you one line of dialogue in this movie. I hate wormholes. Like, it's just weird sci-fi garbage, and it's not. You know what? Like, it's fair. It's well put together for its budget. Mm-hmm. Um, James Cameron did the sets, and the sets they look like the trash planet from captain eo <laughs> but um they're pretty convincing and there's mm-hmm. some solid map, like map painting enough. work yeah like the settings are solidly realized i think the like the surface of the planet is pretty boring to look at because it's just gray and covered in garbage mm-hmm. um but they're well made and mm-hmm. i'm not going to reproach the film for that um I am off on some kind of yeah. I don't know there. how to like re- like rein you in because we were on campiness and here you are going into effects when you're not done with your campiness point, Brennan. So you gotta rein yeah, that sorry, sucker sorry, in. Sorry, Something sorry. about wormholes. Okay, and the acting's a little crazy. Wormholes. Like there's a woman who her her only acting tip is to just bug out her eyes and stare at people. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a a captain who's the survivor of some terrible incident that we n- never specifically find out about. I don't think there were. Lots of lines of like people just shouting made up words at each other because it's sci fi that I kind of tuned out sometimes. So maybe mm-hmm. they explained it a little bit. Um, but she's always like, Yes, when I was on the, the Haspin ship, and she just like stares off into space menacingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like every time anyone brings it up, it's pretty great. I like, I just like the reaction of the other people, like when she tunes that all out or when she's like drifting off. Yeah, when she's in her fugue state. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about effects. We've been trying to talk about effects this whole time. That's where the movie shines. Yeah, uh, there, there's literally nothing else in this movie. Um, I'm gonna give it four out of five maggots. I gave it three. Okay. Why did you give it less than me? Well, I need to know why you gave it four to know okay. why I gave it three. If, if to answer that specific question. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think the death scenes were the best thing about this movie. They're like nasty and gross and pretty mm-hmm. creative mm-hmm. um they make no sense um it's totally bananas but like especially the sid Haig death is has so many layers to it and there's just so much grotesquerie going on that it's pretty involving and it's fun mm-hmm. and yeah like i said the production design is really solid um i think for the budget that they were working with like this was a really well realized film. I mean, I already said that, mm-hmm. but I think they must have poured all the money that they had directly into the effects, which is something I respect. And I read somewhere, I don't know if this is true. I read this on IMDb. They said that like the walls of the spaceship were made of old McDonald's takeout containers. Oh, I love it. That's why my effect score is so high, uh-huh. which huge shout out it, for McDonald's. Yeah, It's huge. If true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, just the fact that they could make something so convincing out of, such little material i'm very 
like amazed by. Mm-hmm. Um, like listening to your analysis, I kind of can get at why I gave it three and not four. Um, and one problem that I had with the movie was that it was kind of dark. Um, and, and like in the lighting sense okay. that I feel like we never really got a full picture of some of the alien kills or some of the stuff that happened in some of the tunnels. Um, so for me, like that kept me from like immersing myself okay. more in the film. Um, whereas it looks like you let yourself just fully enjoy it for what it was. Good campy effectsy fun. Okay. Um, I see what you're saying, but last time we did this podcast we talked about sorority babes in the slime bubble around mm-hmm. line, which you can literally not see anything i know and i so, felt like this movie had similar problems that that movie had david not dakota exactly was same. on set um no but for me like comparing that movie to the previous one this was like so bright it hurt my eyes the mm-hmm. future is so bright i gotta wear shades mm-hmm. it was like the opening scene of that pirates of the caribbean movie where he wakes up on that white beach with all the crabs do you not know about that is it at World's End? Is that the one? Yeah, I don't know if that's at the opening of the movie, though. Yeah, no, the movie opens and it's just like, pss, it's blinding and there's a bunch of jacks on a ship. Okay. Jack Sparrow. I don't know that's how it opens. Yeah, it is. I think that's how, like, that happens, I think, midway part of the movie. No, I think it's the beginning. Okay, we'll talk about this later. Back okay, to this but movie. I, I was just trying to make a joke about that scene. It was super bright and it hurt my eyes in the theaters and I still remember it and it's been like nine years. <laughs> well, get ready for... Stranger Tides is the fourth is one. Is it Dead Man's Chest? No, Dead Man's Chest is the second one. Dead Men Tell No Tales. There's a lot of dead men in these franchises. Yeah, they're not good with the living. Um, so back to effects. Um, I liked the head of light. I uh, thought was cool. Oh, because like the master, his mm-hmm. face was obscured by like this red blob mm-hmm. of light that was very strange. I thought it was a cheesy effect, but I thought it was well done. It I guess very eighties. Um, it's something I've never seen before. I don't think I've ever seen like a human corpse or sorry, a human body <laughs> with. A ball of light atop of it. Yeah, that was interesting. It's obviously such a cheap effect, but it, you're right. It's like it's unique. Mm-hmm. Um, the death scenes were all great. We've talked about that at length. We really, we really have. Mm-hmm. Um, the production was great. I liked the tunnel in which that it was a man. It was, no, it was a woman. The the claustrophobic. No, it was an old woman? man. It was an old man. I think. Oh, like that big shaft that he was rappelling uh-huh. down. Uh huh. And then like, oh, she was like, oh, Ridley the line. And I thought Cameron, Cameron, whatever. It, the different alien director. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, things that were good. Yes. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got lost when we talk, started talking about aliens. I'm, I'm sorry. excited to see Prometheus later. Um, yeah, we're watching Prometheus later tonight to prepare for Alien Covenant, and I've been marathoning the Alien movies, and this feels like a very natural extension of that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Shout continue. Out for that. I liked that. You know that scaredy cat guy, the guy who's afraid of everything. Oh, the guy who died first? Yeah. Um, I liked how he was exploring the spaceship at the beginning. Um, but I feel like they abandoned that pretty quickly. The spaceship thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I, trying to explore and what happened to the missing people. Although I, they figured it out, but I feel they, like not enough was paid. Like not enough ad- attention to detail was paid. No, it was time. kind of like we're in, we go back to the ship and then we're going to go out and do some stuff. But it's never totally clear what kind of stuff they're doing. Because they're supposed to investigate what happened to the people who died on this ship. Mm-hmm. But they're like, let's rappel into this hole we found that's nowhere near the ship. And then there's like a, a space thought pyramid or something. It's a, it's a whole bit of nonsense going on. Okay. I'm just happy that other people were lost and not just me. Yeah. I, like, I was also reading political at the time. I don't know if you could tell. Um, yeah, I know. You Sergio's not good at paying attention. 
I'm sorry. I tried. You should be. You should apologize to our audience and to Patrick, who paid for this. I paid attention enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I I was I was slipping too, and I have um, I have an attention span of steel. Yeah, he does. Okay, so back to this. This yellow sun fuels my attention span. Um. So yeah, effects solid quality. We're gonna go into quality now. Uh oh. What'd you give it, Brennan? This is the part where I beg for forgiveness down on my knees. See, I begged for forgiveness by giving it such a high score. What'd you give it? I gave it four. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't want Patrick to think that I hated this movie. Well, okay, would it change your mind if I told you he only gave this a 7 out of 10 on Letterboxd? So I can give it a 3.5 yeah. to match his score? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, fine. I gave it a 3.5. Okay. Although we're not allowed to give it... You um, you do it all the time, so whatever. I do, but you usually stop me. You usually mention, like, oh, you know, to be to be purists, we have to give it a solid star. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I gave it a high score just because... I want just you know, a cow to Patrick. Yeah, pretty what's, much. What's what's your mind score? What's I your heart to, score? to donors. Um, what was that? Oh, my mind score. Ah. Or like, what's your real score? Like two. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, <laughs> I gave it two out of five on Lucky Stars, with apologies to Patrick and with acknowledgement that there are very great things in this movie that are fun. Yeah, there were great things in this movie. I tuned them all out because I was just you know somewhere else. Um, Wish uh, dreaming about naps. Yeah, so that's not anybody. That's not the movie's fault. Okay, it's my fault. <laughs> that's why I inflated my score. That's not. That's not how you review movies. Roger, I'm pretty sure that's how Roger Ebert did. No, it, he did not sit there in a the movie theater and think about like, oh, I wish I was watching the Terminator, and then like go. Maybe home that's how his buddy did it. He's Cecil. Like, he's like, well, my friend liked it, so I don't want to offend them. <laughs> Isn't that how how his friend rated the movies? Cisco. Cisco, yeah. What do you mean? Isn't, isn't that how he re- like really reviewed movies in no. relation to like Rogers reviews? No. Oh. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm just they, trying to. They watch the movies. Like you. It's kind of ascent, That's the most essential part of the process. <laughs> anyway, moving on from Sergio's nonsense, let's talk about the movie's nonsense. I'm gonna give it two out of five because I was pretty bored during a lot of the dialogue scenes. The first 10 minutes or so are just people staring at blinking lights from just a bunch of random sound equipment assembled to look like a, the deck of a spaceship. Mm-hmm. And the ending, I don't know, the finale, a lot is going on because the main survivor dude has to fight like every fear that has ever killed anyone in the movie and also like the actual undead corpses of the people who died which is a crazy idea, but it was a really boring sequence, even though he did like 30 backflips. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that was cool. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was just out of the movie at that point. I was like just ready for it to be finished. I mean, I was ready for it to be done too, but I still liked that he was doing backflips. Yeah, no, I did admire his flips. Um, but then like the master turns out to be the cook, and he like went through this the pyramid, which used to train kids how to handle their fears. And that's why he's got that powerful red light. And then he gets shot with a laser, which cures him of his red light affliction. And, like, the quickening happens. <laughs> and the other friend has the power now. There can only be one. So he shoots the cook. And then it just kind of ends. And it's like, what's the, I have no information about the master's functions or what he does or why he acts the way he acts. Like, 
apparently his power is too powerful. He can't go to his planet or it'll be destroyed. So I guess he's sad. Mm-hmm. But why does he? Why is he hanging out with that old lady in the beginning? What does the she crow. do? Uh, I just I can't I cannot with the master, and I don't know. I was just it was a little too. Like it, th- this is a movie that was an hour and twenty one minutes long, and yet it still felt too long. Mm-hmm. Like Roger Corman movies should be like maybe fifty minutes, and then you're just out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's my two cents mm-hmm. or five cents because mm-hmm. I talk a lot. I'm just trying to think like the mindset of the average moviegoer who saw this movie for the first time in the '80s, like in the wake of Star Wars and, and I Alien. guess to a lesser effect Star Trek Two um, and Alien. And Alien, because um, it is a ripoff of Ridley Scott's great movie, uh, which I haven't seen, but Brent <laughs> saw and love. loved. I mean, I'm, I'm not like a diehard fan of the Alien franchise, but the first two are good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it might be like kind of cool coming from that standpoint, because um, like I myself loved Jackie Brown when I saw it as a kid, but having re-seen it now, I was like, oh, clearly younger me was very pretentious and had no idea what he was doing. Or maybe, I mean, kids have very vivid imaginations, so maybe they can kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, just the, the non-exciting parts didn't do it for me, and there were mm-hmm. a lot of them because this is a low-budget movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, that's we kind of, this is a very thin movie to hang like a half an hour of talking on, so I think we can cut it off here. Okay, Unless I have nothing else to say. Shout out to McDonald's for providing part of the sets, I guess. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, we love you, McDonald's. Want to sponsor the show? We are loving it. We are loving it. Ba 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 and whatnot. Um, yeah, so thank you so much, Patrick, for donating. This thus concludes our donation drive. Um, if you want to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at Screen101Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Screen101Podcast. Podcast. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars, please. Um, because we made it through this four-month donation drive that I, I think it went pretty well. Um, again, if you want to give us a nicer review, there is a, a digital download code for Neighbors 2 on the line and also um, free Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> we can't give it away at this point. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I think that's scaring people away, if anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Look at the Zac Efron double feature. It could be. I mean, maybe we should do that tonight instead of Prometheus. No, I'm watching Prometheus. Can I, like, print out a little picture of Zac Efron to paste over the heads of everyone in Prometheus? Sure. Okay, cool. We can start with, like, that alien body we saw. Oh, that guy's ripped as hell. Yep. Yeah, we we this is not important. May, I might cut this out of the episode, but it probably won't. Um, we watched the first five minutes of Prometheus last night mm-hmm. in a screening room on campus before it got locked up for spring break, uh-huh. um, which we didn't realize was happening. Yeah. Um, Friggin' the man had to ruin our fun. Am I right? I know, but the uh, the albino guy at the beginning of uh, Prometheus is just the most ripped person on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, off the and planet, then... yeah. And he eventually does get ripped. Spoilers. Anyway, um, that's Galaxy of Terror. Thanks, Patrick, for donating. You're the best. I'm sorry we didn't love the movie, but I think I have a similar reaction to it as you did. So I think your goals have been accomplished. Wait, was this a test on us? I don't know. Okay. Like, well, you said you had a similar reaction that he did. Like, is this this is the test of having us face our fears, so we can like 
handle handle them and be strong masters sure. of the universe? That's totally what I meant by that question. Okay. Uh, good luck <laughs> on your journey, everyone. And stay gold. Bye. Take my breath away. Okay, okay, I'm ready. Take my breath away. Uh. Go ahead. Hello there. I'm Uncle Pony Boy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there. Buckets of blood and human excrement? Pour upon me. Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.